Hi, my name is Flip Awesome Aguilera, and welcome to Wait, the show where I find interesting people just like you and discover what's going on between their ears. Now, let's get to know one another. What's going on, everybody? Flip Awesome Aguilera here, and welcome to another episode of Wait. And today's mantra of the day is adversity doesn't build character it reveals character and if you can see i've got a good friend of mine here max fleischer and what is my rela- relationship with max so max is part of a networking group that i'm part of in uh, south florida and max is an expert networker you know everybody that hangs out with max that gets the product that he has they just swear by it. They love him. They love the product. But here we are today to just get to know a little bit more about who Max is as a person. So Max, tell the people more about you. Flip, thank you for having me. I'm excited about sharing this time with you, the people that listen to you. I'm sure your audience is very smart. That's, <laughs> that's what you attract. I hope so. <laughs> In, in my case, I love sports. I used to play tennis. I coach tennis. Health is everything to me. And I always was an avid reader. I, will, I always wanted to know like those dualities, like money and happiness, mind and matter, like all those thoughts in my mind. I wanted to know like the rules of life. And probably that's uh, something that get us together beyond the business because first of all, I know you are very effective with what you do. I know a couple of your clients from our group and I know they try different things and with you, they got real results. So I know in what you do, you are the real deal. And then hearing you talk, I, I follow your philosophies because you are holistic, you involve the mind, the spirit, the body, and that's a little bit of my journey also. All right, so you're talking about how we talk, and as people listen to you talk, they obviously hear that you have an accent. So where does this accent come from? I was born in Argentina, so Spanish is my first language. And as... Um, you probably know or not, in Miami, we have probably different, like 15 different Spanish accents from all over Latin America. But my accent has a little bit of uh, different languages. I travel, and during the day here in Miami, probably I speak three different languages on the same day. So um, my accent has a little bit of everything, I guess. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you were telling us already about tennis. So what role has tennis played in your life? Probably the best school. I went to school, you know, high school, whatever. And I didn't learn much there. But I learned a lot in the tennis court. In tennis has rules to success that are very specific. There is a score and you need to beat the other guy. And the rules are very limited. You know exactly the score. Life probably is not so specific. You know, the success may mean different things to different people. But in tennis, I learned 
to fight for something, to work for something, to come back the next day, even if you don't feel like it. Com competition is a lot more about, I mean, what you can do to make yourself better. There is nothing you can do about the other guy other than wanting more. I credit today tennis to be my school of life. And how, how deep did you get into tennis? What's your uh, tennis backstory? <laughs> <laughs> when I was 15, I got a tennis coach. And the guy came to me and he said, look, if you apply yourself, if you practice every day, but the end of the year, you'll be a national tennis player. This was in Argentina, uh, late 70s. And there was no money in doing that. Yeah. So when the guy said national tennis player, I went like, so what? I don't know if the guy said national and not international because his imagination wasn't that big or I wasn't that good. <laughs> Either way, I didn't see any money in playing, but I saw money in coaching. So right away, my entrepreneurial spirit started flying. At 15, I started getting tennis players. I became a coach right away. I love teaching. Then when I was 30, I came to Miami and I wanted to compete. Because here in, in Miami, the, the tennis level is really, really high. Uh, you get a lot of former tennis professional players. So I had a chance to, to check my level, even late, but I got to compete. So, so from 30 to 35 was when I took tennis seriously and I was top five in Florida, if that means anything. Uh, but probably it's like, um, you know, college level tennis, something like that. Yeah. But when you're 30 and you're playing against college level, you know, that's, that's a different thing because they got way more energy at 19, 20, 21 than you do at 30. You just have experience and wisdom on your side. Well, um, experience is a weapon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so thank you for sharing some of your history with us. And now we're going to transition to the question that this podcast is about. And that is, what's been engaging your thoughts lately? I'm writing a book. Ooh. And my book, in short, teaches people to transcend thoughts because you cannot manage your thought that well. We have like 60,000 thoughts a day. We are aware of probably five and three of those are negative. So what are you left with? You know, three, two things? Yeah. Probably. But um, I am trying to build a life transcending thinking and focusing more on being and how I feel about things and trust the journey from there. So since you bring up the word journey, what has been some of your journey that has even led you to wanting to transcend your thoughts? Well, pretty much mine, yours, and everybody listening to this 
our biggest successes in life didn't come from thinking, didn't come from a specific strategy, didn't come from a plan. They just happened one day. I'm talking about your biggest achievements that change your life. Either uh, your uh, significant other, your income, a moment in life that you remember forever. Those significant things didn't happen because of uh, a plan. They just came out of the blue, let's say. That's, that's pretty much what, what I am working on. Because in my case, I came to America with nothing. I wanted to be legal and I had nothing to be legal and I am legal. I didn't know how, I didn't have any resources, I didn't plan it, but I wanted it so bad that it happened. So wanting is a big weapon. Yeah, for sure. Well, wanting and then believing that you can achieve it. Oh, is, is the way because if you don't, let's go, let's go. I want more. <laughs> Flip. This is contrarian to like all the life coaches that I admire. Even if you don't believe it, it's gonna happen anyway. Well, something's gonna happen. No the real what. thing. Look, mm -hmm. you hear it from all the top performers. They win the Oscar. I always wanted it, but I didn't believe it was gonna be true. Tennis players, they win and they say, I thank my mom for helping me. I never thought I was going to be there. Like it was a dream, but who knows? Yeah. I'm telling you, believe is a feeling. It's not, it's not here on the head. It's a feeling. Cannot manage it that well. So when did you come up with that idea that the belief is a feeling and that the greatest things in life don't really come from belief. Where do you think you started to branch off into that thought pattern? I read so much in my life because my self-esteem was very low. So I wanted, wanted to learn and read and read and read and read and read. Probably 30 years later, kind of now, a few years back, I realized I'm reading the things that I already read. I already know this. So I can, I had like an overflow of knowledge and I realized probably it's time to let myself come out. So I stopped reading, stopped being like repeating things where I coach a coach who cut and paste, you know, they take it from this one and then they reformat it and they teach it to others. I hate that. There's nothing new. It's more of the same. So I kind of went on my own and realized, so where is the real manifestation? If it's not in the thinking, if it's not in the doing, if it's not in the believing, where is it? And so that's what brought me to come up with this material because in reality, what you feel inside, what makes you happy, it's already in you. You just need to allow it to come out but you need a lot of self-awareness to connect that deep. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned earlier that you were very much into health. So tell us a little bit about like your health routine, your health system, and what it is that you are using to try to optimize that part of your life. Okay. Uh, first, 
everybody's different. So and when you every- when you say everybody's different, what is it that you actually mean by that? Because we're all different, I, I, but we're all still made out of the same things. <laughs> yes. What happens is if I give you my routine, which I have no problem giving it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just an idea, but I heard so many things and I copy so many people that I went through so many different ways and none of those was mine. So I always want, like, if you ask me about my routine, people, when you hear it, what about it can be yours? What about this makes sense to you? For example, me, health-wise, and one of the things I like working with you, I want to stay away from doctors. Now, I have friends. Health to them means going to the doctor and getting a good report, like take the pill and you'll be fine. That for them is healthy. For me, it's not. My routine starts with uh, feeling gratitude, which is something that expands my being into something positive. And health is something positive. Then I do stretching, I do meditation, I do a couple of yoga poses, I feel, I connect with nature, I, I, I do things that make me feel good. Uh, that's like my health routine. I can expand into reading things that are healthy, not healthy in the body, but healthy in the mind that are positive or creative. I coach tennis, I'm on the tennis court, that connects me with nature, I like it very much. I make sure I don't overdo things, I don't strain, strain, strain strenuous. Yeah, you, don't, you don't, strenuous. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't go too much, so I, I, I keep a balance, business, relationships, fun, community, eating, exercising. So how has your eating evolved over the years, especially being Argentinian, where, you know, you guys love your meat? (laughs) I was raised on meat, red meat. Yeah. And, man, I tried every single diet available in the planet, from, like, brown rice. I'm talking, like, 40 years ago, I was eating brown rice already. And veggies, like my mom, she was a very positive influence. We had no sodas at home. Everything was water, so that was really good. Today, I am uh, a little bit of this, um, what's the name? Intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting, yeah. I eat between 12 and 6. Smoothies, fruits, uh, a lot of water, you know, South Florida, hot weather. Quinoa burgers that I do myself, veggies, avocado, probably I go big on bananas, probably three bananas a day, like not at the same time, but bananas. But between 12 and 6. But mostly, yeah, I I can go over, you know, I'm not that, but yeah, between 12 and 6. And I like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't easy. Took me some time to get to it, but now I love it. So what, what do you love about it? What have you seen is beneficial for you with the intermittent fasting? Oh, weird. I feel more energy. Mm-hmm. 
I think I used to give my body a lot to do, eating, yeah. you know, three or five times a day, like breakfast. I used to love breakfast, waking up, doing my eggs, my avocado, whatever. And now, like all that time I have for me, yeah. I don't have to do the dishes. And then after the breakfast, I don't have to like rest. So from the moment I wake up until noon, it's a full day full of energy. I don't know as much as you do what happens in the body, you know, uh, physically or metabolically or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I feel great. And if I feel great, you know, that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's going on there is that when you don't eat, especially after a night of sleep, your body starts to go burn fat. So you start to make more ketones. And ketones for your brain are like rocket fuel. You know, it's a very stable form of energy. It doesn't have a lot of waves of up and down like when you eat carbohydrates. So if you're going till 12, you're basically staying in that fat-burning ketogenic zone that your brain is just eating up all those ketones and telling you, this is amazing. Now, at the same time, because we are children of hunter-gatherers <laughs> and of cave people, you know, they didn't always have food. And one of the signs that they weren't having enough food is once they've been fasting, you know, there's a window of fasting that if you enter that window, your body gets more alert, you have more energy because your body's trying to tell you, hey, it's time to go find some food. Now, if you wait too long and you deplete all of that, eventually you will end up with absolutely no energy because you need to put gas in the car eventually. But intermittent fasting has taught people that you don't need to put as much fuel in the tank as you thought you needed. I'm going to tell you one thing. You said something that hit me deep. So like this show already paid me. <laughs> I feel so much more creative now in the morning when I wake up. I like, you just said it. I mean, I don't know. Now I know why or, or whatever. It's not only the physical energy, it's the mental energy, the creativity, the relax. I can read, I can write, I can think, I can fly. Yeah. All, all of that probably is because of this. Yeah. And there's people who do that. So there's people, you know, that for all intents and purposes, they try to shortcut that. So you can buy what are called like ketone esters or ketone salts. And I know people that when they want to focus, they will take these things so that it automatically puts them in a ketogenic state and their brain is just more on. So, you know, oh, there are people yeah. trying to use that now. On top of that, they oh. might be fasting. Now they take these ketone esters and they're doubling the amount of ketones they have in their blood so that they can be more alert and awake and focused. I, I highly recommend it. I didn't know about that, 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 that like you can buy it. Yeah. If you can buy a pill to make you more uh, creative and smart and relaxed and happy, then... <laughs> they do have those. They do have those. <laughs> okay. But, that, but that's a whole other discussion over there. In our group, you are known as like the relationship, you know, builder. Like you build relationships. So when it comes to relationships, being them, the relationship with yourself, romantic, business, life, what are what are your thoughts leading you when it comes to just the relationships in your life? 
I wanted to make really big money at some point in my life. And what I am good at is tennis coaching, you know, playing, forget about it. You know, I, I, I cannot make money playing tennis. I'm not that good. And in coaching, I also don't want to go through whatever it takes, you know, uh, like traveling and all those things. So I try many different things to make money with different levels of success. And uh, one day I learned that the more people you serve, the more money you make. And I'm like, okay, so I need to be good to people and I need to be good to many people. Mm -hmm. And relationships is the beginning of that process. So I started being nice to people. I started making friends. One of the things that I learned for that is to have a giver spirit, contribute, add value, do things for others, even without expecting anything in return, but trusting and being open to receive. And at some point, that uh, seed that you plant is going to blossom. So today, in the marketing world, I promote relationship marketing, which is a simple strategy, meet people, connect with people, add value to people. If you have a client base, focus on that client base to attract referrals. And once you have more clients, more referrals, and at some point, you don't even need to do marketing, like the nature of the way you treat the people that you know, whether they are friends, customers, or prospects, your business grows from there. And I've been doing this for 10 years. And uh, I love it because I don't wanna be like um, social media marketing and those things. I like people. And if uh, meeting people can um, pay my bills, that's a good thing. When you say you've been doing this for 10 years, what is this? I represent a company that is totally focused on inspiring people to practice, people and businesses to practice gratitude and appreciation, sending the old fashioned greeting card just because for a birthday, for a thank you, when someone does something nice for you, you send them a thank you card, someone buys from you, someone gives you a referral, you see a birthday on Facebook, you send them a card. Problem with that is, this is something that we know we should do and even we like doing. We all keep a card that we got years ago from someone and, and we keep it, we like it, it's emotional. But we don't go anymore to the store and pick a car and write the envelope and post office lick stamps. We don't do that. So this company created a website 15 years ago where you can go select a car, type your message, put the address, and the company will print stuff, stamp, and go to the post office for you, and they mail the card directly to the recipient. Over the years, they added gifts, chocolates, cookies, teddy bears, gift cards, clothing, earrings, you know, gifts. And recently, uh, probably a couple of years ago, an app, a phone app, 
So now if you are a realtor, a mortgage broker, you sell insurance, you are a life coach, you are a health coach, you want to be nice to people, you can download the app, you put a code so you can send the first card for free, and be nice to someone sending them a card. And I promote that company very, very much, and I think we do a lot of good for a lot of people. And I love it. We have a lot of events. We promote uh, being nice to each other. The company has an affiliate program. So I don't know if um, anybody cares about that part, but uh, to me, making money, promoting, being nice, probably is a dream come true. Something that happened to me without me believing it could be true. You, you make people smile. They get a car. They say, how nice. Yeah. You have lifted sure. my day. You made my day. I wasn't feeling good. I have huh? two examples because, you know, I use this product. Uh-huh. And I have two examples. Uh, so I can be an actual living testimonial to the power of these cards. So I had uh, one client that his father passed away. And, you know, I take pictures with clients and stuff. And I... I had a picture of this specific client. We were on the beach, we were doing a kettlebell workout, and I have a picture of, of the back of him, so it's from behind with the sun coming in front with him and the kettlebell, and the sun basically just shining through his body and the kettlebell. And you know, I wrote a little message of, you know, it's, you know, it's gotta be difficult in these times, but you've been building strength, and I hope this strength helps you through this time with that picture of him, with that kettlebell in the air. And yeah, when I went to his house after he got it, he was like, you know, thank you so much. And, you know, on the refrigerator. So it's just a constant reminder. And then the second example I had was a client that I have that I also had a picture of, of us doing boxing. And she had gone through surgery and she was, you know, so it was like a boxer, you got knocked down, but now you got to get up, dust those gloves off and, and keep moving forward. And same thing on the refrigerator, thank you so much, I really appreciate it, you, you brought a smile, you brought me some joy, and it is amazing that you can, you know, make everybody's life better and make a little income on, on top of that. The, I mean, you just said it, the value of the product for the people listening here now, like if, if you're in business, which obviously you are, when you send a card like those that you mentioned, People keep them. And people keep with the card the energy that you send them. And marketing-wise, your branding, because you put your logo, you put your picture, you put your name, your phone number on the back of the card. So when people keep the card that you send them on the refrigerator, they also keep your brand. Yeah. So if you are a realtor, when they need a realtor, they are gonna call you. So that's the value we bring to the marketplace. That's why we call it relationship marketing because you build relationships, you keep them alive, you nurture them for marketing purposes. For me, as a business, I get paid every month residuals for all my clients who are sending cards. So I get to be on the tennis court and making money on the side. Yeah, 
And that's awesome. That's like you said, that's the dream come true that you didn't even believe could happen. <laughs> all right. So thank you for sharing all those thoughts with us. That's my health program. Yes. It's... Making money in my sleep. Yeah, that, that is a, a very healthy thing to do because, and I tell people that part of health is building your wealth, right? Because yeah. if, you're, if you don't have, then that's a stress point that's going to lead to like what I like to call dis-ease. And if you're dis-eased long enough, you will end up with a disease, you know? So uh, hopefully, you know, some people get some, some seeds of things that they can do to spread joy from our discussion here. So now we're going to transition to the next part of the show where we're just going to ask a few questions and you just give the answer. You don't have to do them in a hurry or anything. It's just let it come to you as it does. If you could speak to anybody dead or alive, who would it be? My grandfather. Your grandfather. My grandfather. Um, I spend, I'm in Miami. My father lives in Argentina. So every day we connect on the phone, you know, we do FaceTime, we talk. And I never had much of a relationship with him. I mean, good father and everything, good provider, good relationship. But, you know, he went to work, I went to school, then I left. So we didn't develop a father-son, much of a father-son relationship. I see how he wants to connect with his grandsons. And I didn't connect that much with my grandfather, uh, had a very tough life and build a good life for him and, and his family. So. I, I, I miss that part. I, I would like uh, to have more uh, long conversations with my grandfather. And it's not going to happen. Okay. Well, it, it can happen in your head, right? You can always ask the universe and it'll answer yeah. back with emotion. That's true, yeah. But and that's know, what I say emotion is. I tell people emotion is energy in motion. Yes. So if you ask and you feel something, there's energy transferring there. There is something there, yes. Mm -hmm. Now, since you've brought up reading over and over and over again, let us know what are some of the top resources that have inspired you? In terms of books? I'm Whatever they you... can be, but you said you read a lot, so I figured they'd come out in books. <laughs> i give you my favorite book. It's very short, easy to read. And my favorite book is The Lazy Man's Guide to Enlightenment by Tadeus Golas. Okay. The Lazy Man's Guide to Enlightenment. Like, you can say that my book is the continuation of that one. Okay. Great book. Um, no, no. Uh, Probably when I, when I see like the Michael Jordan documentary, you know, I get inspired, like, uh, and I saw it recently and I wasn't aware what the guy went through to be number one. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know, Michael Jordan, he's the yeah. best, he yeah. wins. And I, I wasn't aware what the guy went through behind the scenes. Uh, Michael Phelps is another one. The guy won every gold medal in the planet in the Olympics. But what we don't know is that the guy 
trained 365 days in a row. Yeah. Come on, not even a day of rest. So when I hear those things, I get inspired. Other than that, is is like my own journey inspires me. You know, those are outside things, but I, I always want to find something inside that inspire me for me, because of me, and no matter what. And today is uh, finishing my book, publishing the book. Hopefully, you know, the community will find it interesting and, and make it a bestseller. I can live off the royalties from the book and I don't even have to work. <laughs> well, when, when, when you release that, let's try to get you back on the show just so we can talk about that and let the people know that it's out for them to, uh, to absorb. Since you brought him up, I'm going to ask you this question. If you could go back and talk to your 18-year-old father, what advice would you give him? Me to my father. To your 18-year-old father. Say you are you today. You go in a time machine and you can go back in time and see your 18-year-old father. What advice would you give him? In two words, dream big. In three words, go for it. Okay. I believe as a father, that's um, all you need to do. The rest is up to the kid. Last question is, is there any question you would like to ask me? How did you get to be so holistic? Uh, well, it started with my divorce in 2007. That was the catalyst that made me switch my whole life. Now, just to give a little background, a little context, my life in my 20s was just one big party. You know, I, I worked for a liquor distributor, so I was around alcohol all day. I had a poker company where I was around gambling and alcohol all night. <laughs> and then on the weekends, I used to DJ and have parties in South Beach. When I tell people that my life was a party for 10 years, seven days a week, <laughs> it was a party for 10 years, seven days a week. Now, when I got divorced, you know, a lot of people, when they get divorced, they're like, oh, well, let's go party. Let's go out to the, to the lounge, to the bar, to the club. I didn't want to do any of that because that was my life already. I couldn't escape there. During that time, some friends invited me to go mountain biking, and I didn't know it was mountain biking, but they're like, oh, let's go ride around the park. So I'm thinking, you know, especially thinking Miami, you know, the parks are flat. You just go around, and you go, and then you drink some beer, you smoke some weed. That's it. But no, these guys took me to Markham Park out there in uh, where Weston and Sunrise meet, and they took me onto the mountain biking trails, and I was not mentally prepared at all. I go on the, on the trails. They're laughing at me because I'm freaking out. I'm like, where did you bring me? I'm going to fall. I'm going to break something and I don't want to break anything. And then they're like, well, that was just the warm-up." And I'm like, that's the warm-up." <laughs> so whatever, they're laughing at me. And when I left that park that day, I was like, I'm coming back. I can't let these guys laugh at me like that. So long story short there, in a year, I went from being a beginner to racing mountain bikes in just one year. Now within that year, I lost 30 pounds and in losing that weight, I didn't like the way I looked. I, th I thought I looked too skinny. So I started to work out in the gym and you know, what does 
a guy in his 20s do in the gym. He does a lot of chest, a lot of biceps, a lot of triceps. So you, that you are a tennis coach, I was not thinking of training my body for durability. I was only thinking of training my body for vanity. So because of that, I didn't understand that if you don't train correctly, you can hurt yourself, right? You can hurt your joints. So that's what happened. My shoulders ended up getting messed up because I was over strengthening some muscles and not strengthening the opposite muscles to keep it in balance. So once I realized that and I learned that and I learned, oh, well, you, you shouldn't work out muscles. You should work out joint integrity. I started to learn that and, you know, that put the light bulb in my head or I was like, well, now I want to be a, a personal trainer. I don't want to be in this liquor stuff anymore. So that started changing me to that. And then once you start working with people, you start, they start asking you, well, what do I eat? And I didn't really have a good answer. So in the beginning, I was like, eat six times a day because that's what you heard from the bodybuilding. I'm like, eat six times a day, eat lots of protein, you'll be fine. But that doesn't work for everybody. And not everybody wants to do that. So then I started learning about nutrition and I got a nutrition certification. Then I went to the University of Miami. I got a sports coaching certification where it was about how to be a coach for athletes, like specifically, because athletes are at a different level. And you don't work out an athlete to, to really even make them stronger. You do on the off season, but during the season, it's about just keeping their bodies together, which is a different type of training than you know, general population. But I did realize that I do like working with general population. And then after that, I got a, uh, uh, my insurance 215 license from Florida, which is about health, life, and annuities. And although that's not what I do, like I mentioned earlier, you know, taking care of your wealth is part of taking care of your health. So at least I have a foundation on how to take care of the wealth part. And then the last certification I have was a holistic life coaching certification that kind of brings it all together because everything affects everything else. So if there's a problem, you know, in your back, yes, you might say, oh, my back is hurt, but it might not be the back that is causing it. That might be the symptom. The cause might be in your hip. It could be, you know, anywhere and learning how to look at things holistically how to assess things holistically and find out what the offender is so that you can work on fixing it and then integrate it back into the whole, I think is probably the most efficient way to keep your body and your mind as durable as possible. So that's what got me into being more holistic than just, oh, well, I'm just a personal trainer or I'm just a nutrition coach or I'm just a mindset habits coach. I'm, it's, Everything comes together. It's a puzzle. From hearing your story, one thing that I like a lot is I know a lot of, you know, health and wellness trainers, consultants, I don't know, uh, Instagram beauties, whatever. And many of them, when I look at them, I'm like, you have no transition to teach. And you miss that part of taking someone from where they are, which you cannot relate. The fact that you were overweight and drinking, whatever, like a normal person, you know, not a sports machine from birth, I think gives you 
a tremendous advantage in terms of effectiveness with peoples because you know where they are coming from and the different studies that you went through um, gives you options probably to customize the program probably that's what makes you so effective well yeah that's why i'm when somebody comes to meet me the first thing it's like look i know people think of me first and foremost as fitness but it's like before we even get into the fitness let's see if your body is at the point where it can take where it can take fitness and one of the coaches that i listen to a lot and has mentored me a little bit he used to say or he still says this one phrase and that is you don't want to put fitness on top of dysfunction yeah if you put fitness on top of dysfunction you're going to end up with a problem so always keep your eye out for the dysfunctions keep them down and then you put fitness on top of good function and then sky's the limit, <laughs> you know, then you can just yeah. keep going, but you do need to respect what your body's telling you. Like you had mentioned earlier, don't overdo it. You don't want to work out all the time without working in because then you're going to end up bankrupt, right? You're going to end up physically, mentally, emotionally bankrupt. If there's always output, which is what I feel like this country, great country we live in America, but it's all about output, output, output output and there's not enough focus on in in we got to work in so that you can work out so that's where i get all my holistic type of thinking over the years i, I call it internal reference or external reference yeah for sure so max thank you for your time can you tell the people where they can find you my website max inspired dot com that's um i have a youtube channel you can link from there that's where i post my videos but you get through maxinspire.com okay. there is a link to my channel okay. i don't know how that works all right and um yeah yeah that's where my content is all right so for everybody out there, if you thought this episode was good and it resonated with you, you can like and share and rate the episode and you can find more weight. And remember, that's weight, W-E-Y-T. You can find it on YouTube at Weight Show, Facebook, Weight, Instagram, Weight Show. And it's out on most of the podcasts. It's on Apple, Google, Pocket Cast. There's so many, but it's out on very many of them. So with that, I'd like to close it with our, how we end it every time. And that is time and attention is the greatest gift we can give to each other. So here's to spreading more peace, love, and